Hello, my beautiful soul travelers. Man, I hope that this sun is shining on you right now and you know that that's a piece of the love of God designed just to make you grow like the little flower that you are. I'm so excited to bring my guest to you today, my dear friend who I've just had the pleasure of meeting and, and talking to and learning more about her story, but she's on the path, she's on the frequency, and I can't wait to hear what she has to share. Ami, thank you for joining on Monk in the Mountain today. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And on this podcast, we're basically just sharing our soul's experience of being human and having a little bit of that peace in ourselves as we move through our life and sharing that peace with other people. So tell me a little bit about how did you find the spiritual path? Like, What was the thing that led you down this road? Mm, that's a really good question. In a way, I feel like I've, I had no choice to be on this path because I was pretty much born into it. I mean, I'm already coming from a family of highly spiritually gifted people. My mom, my dad, my grandmother. And as I learned more about spirituality through their lens, which was Christianity and Catholicism, Essentially, I just naturally found myself so interested in those big questions that we, I think it all starts with those questions of who am I and why am I here? Really, the why am I here is like, I just remember thinking that so often in my childhood and not really feeling like I had the answers through the religion I was born into. Yeah. So when I got older, I started learning more about different religions. You know, I was just seeking this answer to why am I here? I just felt so foreign. I felt like an alien. I felt very different. And it wasn't until about when I was in college, when I started learning more about spirituality from, you know, this kind of more new age lens, I guess you could call it and frequency and energy and it led me to where I am now and I started meditating and I I became in touch with my higher self through my personal practice which has been surrender 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 yeah <laughs> so that's kind of how I found this spiritual path and it's ever unfolding for me for sure Yeah, I think that it's very common for those of us that are, I like to say, uh, like born into this frequency, we were born into it, that we had these huge questions as a child that were like, a little bit big for our britches in a way. It's like, what am I doing here? Where? What is my purpose? And for me, one of the questions when I was a young, young child was like, how did I get here? Like, I felt like I was doing something else right before being like a child. And I couldn't remember what it was that I was doing. And it used to bug me a lot as a kid. I was like, I know I was somewhere else. I know it. Like, I just, I can't remember what it was. So I think that that's awesome. And it's, there's this commonality with those of us that are, you know, we choose to take this path in life that it started at some capacity when we were children. So I get that a hundred percent. Now you are a feminine divinity guide, a, a person who has embraced the divine feminine within themselves and you're now leading other women and and also men that are interested on the path of this discovery. 
what does that really mean to you, the the feminine divinity, and, and how do you express that in a pure way in your own life? Mm, thank you for asking this question. Ah, to me, the divine feminine is it is the receptivity, the cosmic receptivity. It's allowing, it's embracing all of life. It's 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 the ocean, it's understanding that things ebb and flow. It is also understanding that things can be chaotic sometimes and there's nothing wrong in that. And it's understanding that there is a duality inherent in our world. And it is also a softness towards the world. It's also um, a vulnerability that can be very difficult to embody in this day and age. It can feel so scary for women right now to allow themselves to continue to be soft, to continue to be gentle, you know, when they, when they need to be and when, when it feels right, of course. Sometimes there's room for that fierceness, of course, but I found in my life that I have always been just super feminine in my way of thinking and my way of receiving the world and my environment. And I almost, like I said before, I almost had no choice in that and it was scary and I had to block myself and protect myself and form so many defenses and ways of coping with that. And I think if I can be a leader in terms of just showing people that you can forgive, you can remain soft in a world that is often very harsh and very cruel and unfair feeling, you know, that just is everything to me in my life and this path that I'm choosing to be on right now in this lifetime. That's so great. <laughs> it's, I think, uh, really special that each one of us gets to try to harness and embody the divine aspects of consciousness within ourselves. You looking to harness the divine feminine within you, which like you said, is the nurturing, the sensitivity. I like to think about the feminine aspect of the space of all creation, you know, like the womb of mm -hmm. creation and, and what a woman is. And in, in my experience, fortunately, because I had a wonderful mother, that feeling of the feminine protector of the, of the maternal protector and the love, the fierceness of the divine feminine also, not just, you know, a lot of people think feminine and like soft and tender, but femininity has a, has a fierceness to it too, which is very powerful. And I think that the world needs the divine masculine also to step into its full embodiment too, because we need to be able to create a safe space for the, the woman to feel that she can be her feminine self and not have to take on the more masculine aspects of their own consciousness just to survive in this harsh reality. And it's such a crazy dichotomy right now because each individual being has the aspects of the divine masculine and the divine feminine within them. The only way that they can achieve that harmony of both sides is to, for a man, we have to learn the divine feminine through divine feminine women. We have to learn that energy. And there has to, there's this thing that happens in guys. I'm just speaking from my experience, but I'm pretty sure it's like universal is like when you have the love of a woman 
that you desire and that you respect and that you know you look up to in in ways when you have that love of a woman it unlocks this aspect of you you didn't even know about this aspect of energy and care and what you have the power and intelligence to pull off with this this powerful feminine energy mm-hmm. in your corner and i i believe and i'd like to think that when you have your divine masculine self and your divine feminine self integrated as a man, then you can create a space and an environment energetically and also physically for the woman or all women to express themselves safely and for them to feel completely comfortable, for them to basically blossom for themselves before your eyes. And that's what I want for everyone in the world. And it may seem like too poetic, but no, this is this is reality. This is cosmic consciousness and, and this is what we're going for what do you think mm. well you just said that so beautifully and eloquently i don't think i could have said it better but i completely resonate with everything you just said and i also feel called to be in some way a way shower for that kind of experience to become more of the norm more of what we expect in relationships instead of these high divorce rates and this, you know, males versus females kind of energy that we've got going on. It's like we can do so much for each other in relationship and it can really just expand the feminine and the masculine when they come together in divine union like that. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you, what kind of advice would you give women that are on their journey right now that are dealing with things like, you know, hard, difficult relationships or difficult life circumstances, what are some of the ways that you found to reconnect and to kind of like grow into that divine feminine aspect of yourself? Mm, that's a really good question. I think we need to, we need to start with taking care of ourselves first. And that can be on a physical level, a mental and emotional level, and a spiritual level. Because a woman that is self-loved up is a woman that can give love and can give nurture and can be in a healthy relationship. So it really comes from loving yourself first. And that can mean little things that you start to implement, like a practice of meditation, like five minutes a day. I mean, it can start so simple, like starting to take walks, things that just fill you up, fill up your cup first. For me, it started by just taking care of my physical body and my physical health because I had some really bad things like acne and digestion problems and anxiety. So if you're kind of at that place right now where you're just kind of needing to balance your body, start with that. And then if you're good with your body, you can start moving on to the more mental, spiritual, emotional aspects of things such as meditation, um, intention work, journaling, having a sisterhood, you know, having community around you that helps you feel supported in life. Yeah. So many things, but um, I really think it starts with self-love so that you can really start to approach life from that perspective of I'm good. And now how can I interact with the world and, and help serve the world? Yeah. And, and I agree. 
on every account. You know, one of the most important things that you can have is self-love. Without self-love, you're in a space of judgment toward yourself for the reasons that you you don't love yourself, whether that be like physical reasons or outside of yourself reasons, whatever they are. But when you come to harmony with yourself and you have deep self-love, deep self-love, where it's like you not only accept who you are, but you celebrate what you are and who you are and what you bring to your own life. And you know what you can bring into the lives of others. That fills your cup up. It makes your cup bigger too. You know, it makes the amount of love and the amount of compassion and the amount of patience you have more than you've ever had before. And that's huge. And I love so much that you brought up meditation as one of the initial disciplines because meditation is the absolute foundation for all consciousness expressing in the physical. If you don't meditate, you never get to just experience your silent intelligence, your divine awareness, like your your simple cosmic mirror that you are without everything that kind of dulls our lens in our human life, like our opinions or our divisions within ourselves or, you know, divisions in society and our insecurities. Without all of that, you are a beautiful, perfect mirror for yourself and and for everyone else. So I'm so glad that you brought up uh, meditation and just five minutes a day and just going on walks. It doesn't have to be, I always tell people like 30 minutes for 30 days will change your life, but five minutes a day will also change your life. It'll change your day. And a lot of people I think are intimidated by the idea of meditation because they don't really understand the process or what you're getting out of it. I think they see it from an outside perspective where it's like they see people sitting quietly and they think that that's meditation, but it's not. It's like the initial meditation is you closing your eyes to the outside world and just discovering all the patterns that have been flowing in your own consciousness and the forms of words and thought forms and concepts that you've been coming up with and looking at the world within yourself and then quieting all that down and just coming back to a state of awareness where then you can project the energy that you want, which ends up being an energy of love and celebration. So that's so mm-hmm. cool. How has that, um, what are some of the big like changes or dramatic changes that you've experienced since starting you know, your meditation and, and your self-love routines? Wow. Well, I used to have Horrible depression and anxiety. I feel like I was born with depression. I know that's like intense to say, but that existential question was really always there. And I don't think you have any sort of peace, um, internal like sense of peace when that question is just in your mind constantly. And it wasn't until meditation. I often say meditation saved my life. Like it's been that life-changing for me. Yeah. Cause I was in college. I was about 20 years old, 21 when I started going to see a psychiatrist at UCLA, the college I was at. And it was a great psychologist, you know, top of the line. And I got, you know, I got to see them for a while and I had various sessions, group sessions, and I wasn't getting anywhere. (laughs) I really wasn't. And this is interesting because I was even studying psychology at the time, thinking I was going to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And 
it just revealed, it was like, boom, it all just revealed to me that this is not the path. I don't know what I'm going to do to help myself feel better, but this isn't it. And that like same month or week or something, I found a meditation and I just tried it. And the very first time I tried it, I had a very profound kind of experience where I just saw all these, you know, visuals, like colors, like kaleidoscopes, fractals, geometries. And I went somewhere. I don't know what happened, but I just closed my eyes and I went somewhere. And by the time I opened my eyes again, it's like so much time had passed and I was just like, whoa. And I feel like that was a gift from God for me to continue with the meditation practice because after that, it wasn't easy to get there anymore. (laughs) I think a lot of us have maybe a, a profound experience the first time. And then after that, it doesn't happen and it might deter us. It definitely did for me, but I stuck with it over the years enough. I wasn't super consistent at first, but then I started being a little more consistent and a little more consistent. And I, my depression, anxiety, gone. And once that happened, you know, it cleared me up to want to even grow further and want to expand further and want to become a teacher that talks about meditation, that leads through meditation practices. And now I just feel a sense of connection with God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. I feel I have so much to give, whereas before I was in a state of lack. That's a big part of it for me was the clearing up that lack mentality and meditation even without the intention of clearing the lack mentality, just kind of naturally helped me dissolve that. I think through just experience of connection to all that is, because you realize how abundant the universe is and there's nothing but abundance. So how can you speak of lack when you have experienced how abundant everything truly is? So those are just a few. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but... I know. I love it. I love (laughs) it. Don't, you know, we're going to keep going too. So I have a lot uh, of resonance with everything you just said. One of the things which is actually really crazy is I also went to a university and studied psychology. And for the same reasons where I thought I wanted to be a psychologist and I wanted to help people. And I also really wanted to learn about me and what was going on with me. I went to psychology because I want to figure out what's wrong with me, <laughs> honestly. That's why um, we all do it. Yeah. Truly, that's the real reason. <laughs> yeah, and there's a little <laughs> bit of vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out our crazy. Yeah. And I had the same experience where I learned at some point, I'm like, this isn't the way. And to me, what I learned about psychology was that like, basically they try to identify people by putting them in boxes and then throwing like descriptions or concepts into those boxes to define the people. So like if you have any mood disorder, they'll put you in a spectrum from like depression to anxiety to bipolar. And then within each category, there's subcategories and severities. And I'm like, this is all divisive. It's, it's division within yourself. What I learned in meditation, exactly like what you said is that you you come into the state of abundance and it clears up the depression. It clears up the anxiety. There's nothing but this beautiful presence 
in meditation, everything else is like something you add on to it, all the emotions, all the thoughts. It's what you add on to your experience that you're choosing to add on to the experience. And meditation gives you the space of clarity to see that you are the creator of your experience, all of your emotions, all of your thoughts. You design it for you to experience. And then it puts you in a state of strength in your own self for you to rise through the social conditionings and, and your personal experiences, which have put you into a place of lack or, or the perception of lack. And then the other thing that you said, which is really awesome and I very much resonate with because I had the same experience. When you first started meditating, you had a very profound visual, like a vision quest that you went on and it was real and it changed you and it showed you that there's more. And I had the same experience when I first, the first times I was meditating, my meditations were so profound. Not only were they like mentally calming, but they were like physically, like energetically filling. I felt full of like love and life force. And I felt full of self. And I never really felt that before. Like the only times I ever felt alive was when I was playing sports in high school or in college. But like in meditation, you have this like life force that flows through you. And I also had some extremely profound experiences. Like one of my favorite experiences which it's funny you say how like in the beginning we have like some crazy profound experiences then we may not have that again or that similar experience, but we'll have other experiences, but it might discourage you. One time when I was meditating a long time ago, when I opened my eyes, I had a beautiful, beautiful orb in front of me. Like it was like the size of like a grapefruit. Yeah, it was like the size of a grapefruit. And it had like a very clear like outside that was like the outer shell. And then the inside was this extremely bright core. And it was like shining light into the outside of it, like the shell. And it flew like through my vision. And it startled me a lot, actually. Like I had just meditated probably for like a half hour. And I used to meditate with a sash over my eyes. So I was in complete darkness because in my meditations, and maybe you've had this too, I would get like flashes of light or different things. And I wanted to make sure that whatever I was seeing behind my eyes wasn't like light coming in from the outside. So I would like cover my eyes with a sash, you know, Uh, nowadays, I use like a sleeping mask a lot in my meditations. But when I opened my eyes, there was that orb there. And it like moved, it's like shot out of my vision and like disappeared. And I just sat in stillness. And it came back and it shot across my vision the other way. And I was like, I said out loud, okay, if I'm not losing my mind, please just appear to me one more time. And that orb appeared in front of me, about two feet in front of me and flew right toward me, like right toward my face. Like I'm real. Um, And I panicked and freaked out and like hid under my covers. I was like, I remember saying, I was like, I'm sorry that I'm scared right now. I'm sorry that I'm scared. Please come back to me when I'm ready. I love you. Thank you. Whatever you are. I'm sorry that I'm scared. But that, you know, that one experience was like, okay, so now sometimes when I meditate, I see orbs. It's like, okay, this is awesome. And we have to keep going down this road. Like there's, there's no turning back. So, you know, I just resonate and have a very similar experience to you. And I I think that a lot of us have this very similar experience where we go into the mainstream stuff, where we try to find it out through religion, or we try to find it out through an education. 
And some people just try to find it out through like YouTube or whatever, or books, but we find it out through ourself. We find out that the true knowledge of experience of self is within the self and meditation is the doorway that takes us, that takes us into those mm-hmm. next levels. So I'm so excited that that was uh, <laughs> what you brought up or, you know, right off the bat, have you had any other um, profound experiences like non-physical experiences or like anything supernatural of that nature since then? Yes. You just reminded me of when I saw an orb <laughs> too. Nice. In the middle of the night, I got woken up and I was with my partner at the time in Italy and I woke up and I was like, there's a bright, bright blue, white, like orb. And it was like floating around the room and just around the room. And I just was like, there's no way I'm seeing this. Like, what is this? Like, what is this little light? And I would close my eyes and it would still be there. It was so freaky. I freaked out a little. I woke up my partner and I was like, are you seeing this? And they didn't see it. So only I was seeing it. He's like, I don't, I don't see anything. I'm like, there's a little, there's a little blue light thing going around this room right now. It was pitch black in the room. There wasn't any like there wasn't any sources of light. So I was really trying to rationalize what could this be that's not, you know, metaphysical, but I just did not find an answer for that. And it eventually went away. And I just was like, I'm just going to close my eyes and wait for it to go away. (laughs) Yeah. But um, it was a really profound experience. And then someone else saw me coming out of my body, like my light body coming out as I was sleeping and I guess I was like about to go off and do my work in the night realm. Like how you were saying before we started the recording, um, how you go off and you, in your dreams are very active. I, every night, pretty much I'm going into other worlds, dimensions, timelines, and it's very active. My dreams have always been very vivid, um, active, lucid at times. And those can be very, very profound for me when I wake up and I'm just like, whoa, like there's no way that's not real. And there's no way that this isn't also a dream. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this life is also a dream. And in that life, I'm probably dreaming about this life. And in this life, I'm dreaming about that life. And somehow it all is one. It's all connected. Yeah. Oh, so cool. So cool. So um, I have a theory on this. And my theory from my experience with the dream worlds and, and with out-of-body travel and, and what have you is our consciousness is formless and limitless in where it can go and what it can experience and, and all of that. And we choose to anchor our consciousness, a majority of it, into the physical realm through the physical body and the energetic bodies of the physical body. So we use this body of earth to experience the earth life but our physical or our non-physical consciousness is still free. And in meditation, you get glimpses of that for sure. But when the human body is asleep, that's when you can have like the most full experience of the fullness of your consciousness not existing within the human experience. And when you cultivate your growth in that aspect of your experience, the experience grows and it becomes longer and more, more full in the sense where it's like, I'm sure you you think this too, but like your awareness when you're in a lucid dream 
and you're awakened in the dream is even more awake than you are in the physical life. Mm-hmm. It's more, yeah, it feels more vivid, more something, <laughs> more, even more real sometimes. More real. There's no like tiredness. Mm-hmm. There's no laziness. There's no like, oh yeah, I want to stay in bed. You never dream about wanting to stay in bed, you know, <laughs> like that's the thing that happens after you dream and you right. wake up. I have like a sleeping problem because of it too. I'm not going to lie. Like there's times where I wake up from an extremely vivid dream or like a lucid dream experience. And I'm like, I want to go back. I'm going back to sleep. And then like I go back to sleep and I don't even get like the same type of like profound dream experience or like there's, there are times where I can go right back into the dream, but there's also like the times where it's like, all right, my human life is now, I'm like lacking on the human side because I'm obsessed with going back into the the dream worlds. Right. I totally resonate with that. It can be a challenge sometimes to have that balance because when it's so real in the dreams, it's so, it, you know, you want to give it just as much importance and validity and energy, but I've had to also kind of find a way to balance where I'm able to take what I need from those dreams and still incorporate it into my waking life and not... <laughs> Not uh, uh, neglect my waking life, yeah. Quote unquote over here. Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) Right on the Earth realm in Earth school. No, I agree. Yeah, and one of the things that you can do to get the most out of your your dreaming experiences is to get a dream journal, and also begin to practice like the skill of lucid dreaming by just simply meditating before you go to bed at night. And having the intention, a focused intention of uh, becoming awakened within your dreams and having uh, full memory of it and full experience within it. And then when you wake up in a dream, meaning like you realize you're in a dream, which is just basically a non-physical reality. When you're in that non-physical reality, non-earth realm, you ground yourself into that space by engaging into the senses that you have in that realm. So if you can feel things, if you can touch things, or if you could look at things, or listen to things, whatever senses you have, like really focus in on your senses in the dream world. And then that world would become more clear to you. And then you could take it to a next level where you can meditate in your dreams. You can practice your energy work in your dreams. You can work on fun things like flying. You could do healing, you know, within yourself. Like there's so many things that can happen once you've stabilized your consciousness in the dream world that people just don't talk about, they don't even know about. And it's really powerful stuff. Like I could talk for hours about non-physical experiences that I've had that were life-changing, life-changing. I know, oh my gosh. My favorite thing to do in lucid dreaming is fly and like swim and breathe underwater and just keep Uh, swimming. I love that too. That's so, I really wish sometimes I could do that. And (laughs) But in my dream, it's so nice. It's like, I'm swimming underwater and I can breathe and I'm chilling. Yeah. Like, I don't have to go up for air. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And flying is so freeing. It's like, it's not even mm-hmm. flying. It's that rapid speed movement. That's like, there's no gravity. Like we call it flying here on earth, but like, you know, you could fly under the water. You could fly up into the sky. Like, and the, the speed, I don't know if you've had this experience, but the speed that you can travel in the lucid dream spaces or in the astral dimensions, like you can go so fast. It's unreal. Like you're moving like the speed of light, but you're seeing everything at the speed that you see it as you pass by. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just so incredible. It's like when I have these experiences, 
and then I come back into like my human experience, one of the things that it changes the most about me is my self-perspective. Because I'm like, so I am this being that has these experiences. I'm not just like a, a, like we are not just like a limited human experience. Like we're not just human bodies. We're this whole complex, magnificent, creative lens. And we're having all of these wild experiences and even our human experiences riddled with non-physical experience. You know, there's so much happening, even in the sense of our emotions or our shared emotions or our, our shared thoughts and telepathy and, and psychic insight, all of that is non-physical. Yeah. You know, it's all here, it's all here for us. So it's what so do beautiful. You, yeah. What do you think are some of like the most important things for people to kind of like look into if they're just starting their journey, like how would you point somebody to, on the path if, if they came to you and asked you for advice? I would say, well, I would first read their energy. Everyone, the thing about it is everyone is starting from where they're starting I and mm. everyone's unique. So it's really hard for me to give like a general advice to people. I, I always feel their energy first which is one of my gifts. I, I'm really good at reading auras and telling which of your, or like maybe which of your chakras needs more effort and needs unblocking or needs just more love. And then we can start from there. Um, so it's really hard for me to say, but anyone can start from meditation. Anyone can start from a heart-focused meditation because if you open up your heart chakra, it actually helps all of the chakras because it's kind of that center point of everything. So if you can find ways to experience more love in your life and ideally through your own like solo practice, just start to connect with your heart. And even if that means having to feel some more of your pain and some more of what you've been through and just having a like a slight more capacity to be present with your pain and your, maybe your traumas, whatever you've been through in your childhood, that's going to start opening your heart chakra and you're going to start feeling more and more love seep into all of the areas of your life, a little bit more of an opening in all areas of your life. So that, I think that's a good way to start if you are just really starting in your spiritual practice. Yeah, that's such great advice. That's such great advice. Seek inside of you ways that you can love and start to release attachment to old negative thoughts and just blossom into who you are because that's what we're trying to do. That's that's fantastic advice. I also uh, am very awakened to the energy aspect and feeling people's energy. Uh, so I completely get that about feeling where a person is and then creating an individual assertion and, and path for them. And when you can feel energy, it's like there's a whole another dimension that's opened up to you within your human experience that exists here in this world for you at all times. It's not, it's not a mentalism. It's not like fake. It's not imagination either. Like you can literally feel this stuff in the same way that you can feel temperature on the stove or in the heat you could feel the coolness in the water like you can feel the energy on people <laughs> and it's not like some like woo woo fakeness it's not it's it's an ability that we all have and we all share and 
becoming strong within it is simply using it and being aware of it. It's just, I always say this is like, it's the same as going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you lift weights all the time, you get stronger. If you go into meditation and you feel energy work, you become more spiritually attuned. And then the, the amount, the amount of energy that you experience also grows. So like the amount of love that you can possess and express in your experience is just multiplied infinitely. And also on the other <laughs> side, like you experience more pain too, but it's like that, that those colors of our experience paints the most beautiful picture of our human life. And without them, I mean, without the experience of energy, I, I really truly feel that people are limiting their experience of their human life because it's done so much for me since I've become awakened to it. Yeah, I feel really blessed and grateful that I'm one of those I guess, individuals who can feel energy so profoundly. And every single person has their unique rainbow aura, like yeah. their own colors, their own intensity also, because some people have more softer like pastels if you can imagine and then some mm -hmm. people have like vibrant reds vibrant blues and if you want to think about it in colors because i i feel things in colors sometimes and i that's how i kind of describe it or i, I listen to the sound of their tone of their voice and yeah. you can i feel so much in someone's tone of their voice i can feel where they're operating from whether they're a little bit more in their fear energy or whether they are a little more open and in a more of an overflowing kind of love energy. Yeah. But I think if you can start to listen to your body and listen to your heart, those are just two things we don't do enough of that can just, you'll be surprised how much just doing those two things can awaken your consciousness can expand your consciousness it doesn't have to be so woo woo like you said it doesn't have to be like a full-on i'm gonna sit down and be spiritual today you know it's literally just daily listen to your body what does your body need today and listen to your heart what does your heart need today and if you do need more guidance there are people like me and you who can read your energy, you know, and there's tools like astrology and human design. Those are the ones that I love to use. Yeah. It's such a cool thing too. <laughs> it's just, it's really cool uh, to have this information in your life, you know, this information of energy. I love that you see uh, energy in colors. I don't have that, the color thing going on in my experience. I have it where it's like, I can feel it fully in my experience and I can like match resonance with people and then like kind of become their field to see it like through that energetic lens and then like alchemically shift it into a space of love and and deep spiritual connection within myself like full heart open mm. experience and then bring both of our energies into that space so I kind of like go into where they're at and then shift my I shift into them and then shift us into back into me if that makes sense you energy workers know right. what I'm talking about I know you I think you're saying are you saying that you feel it more on emotional level I feel it like in my body I, yeah I feel mm -hmm. it I, I I don't know <laughs> the word feel <laughs> is like so 
I know. It's like the perfect so thing. Hard to- yeah, it's hard to explain, but like it's a feel. And I don't mean a feeling like it's like a thought and you think it and then you feel it. It's like, no, I literally feel uh-huh. it. Like I can hold my hand over someone's heart or over their throat or over their third eye or any of their chakra centers, even into their auric field. I don't even have to use my hand. I could literally stand in their presence mm. and feel it as well. I just like to teach people and I uh, to use your hand because we're used to using our hands to touch things in our human life. So a lot of times when I'm trying to bridge the gap between like the non-physical and the physical experience, I try to do that in ways that people can relate to easily without having to overthink it too much. So I, I always use the hands when I start teaching people energy work, because like I said, we're just used to touching things. We're used to feeling things in our hands as opposed to other parts of our body, like our elbows, you know, or our yeah. knees or something. Right. I feel I do the same. I'm very hands-on. I'm very traditional kind of healer that if I'm going to do energy work on someone, I do need to use my hands. I've studied like the pranic healing methods as Mm -hmm. well, where you don't necessarily have to touch them, but you are working with the edges of their aura and like cleansing their aura with your hands or physically like swishing away the old energy and like refilling them up with your hands. And our hands are the portals. You could put your hands literally on your heart for 10 seconds and you're already going to start to feel a difference. It's really that crazy and simple. I know. I teach people that one all the time. And what I have them do is I like have them create energy within their hands, like put energy into their hands by feeling into their hands and feeling into the space between their hands and then touching their heart chakra with that energy. And Mm -hmm. it's it's like a it's like a love gasm. Like you get this like explosion (laughs) of love. It's like you're in love for no reason. And you have it at your disposal all the time. Like it's always right there for you. I can't wait until the day in human life when the energy breaks through the veil and we can see it, you know, and with our physical eyes, because if people Mm -hmm. could perceive the type of work that you're doing and that I'm doing, they would be like exceptionally wowed, (laughs) you know, like the the world would change (laughs) and it's, we are doing it and we could see it, you know, it's like, sometimes I can literally see the energy with my human eyes. Like it looks like, Mm -hmm. um, like steam or like vapor moving through the air or like, um, I guess it's a good way to put it like condensed, like condensed, like density, you know, in the energy film kind of exactly, exactly that. Like, so you see that's too. like, yes, yeah, that's usually kind of that's kind of like seeing aura. I mean, that's kind of like the first layer of someone's aura is usually this white kind of edge around them, and then the colors can come through if you kind of practice. I think you could get there if you just practice a little, yeah, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. And and I always tell people like everybody has all of these abilities. We just have different yeah. skills and we, uh, we we're inclined to develop ourselves in, in different ways, you know, but if you yeah. want to be more psychic or if you want to see aura or if you want to do energy work, it's all available to you. I'm like, I get hyper fixated on energy, energy work and also out of body experiences like the Monroe techniques and just interdimensional consciousness travel that is like my area of, if I said like expertise, it'd be like that. And like the alchemy of like shifting the mind into energetic harmony. That's where like my, my area is, is that's where I'm like hyper-focused. Like, because for me, like a state of it and my, my awareness of it is just so full that like, if I saw colors and in someone's aura, like I would, 
I would expect it almost. So I'll be like, yep, there it is. There's the most beautiful thing that I've been feeling this whole time. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for my skill set and my abilities. And I'm so happy to talk to people, you know, like you who have different, different abilities and, and who can see like the energetic spectrum in, in waveform through color. And all of this is there's mechanisms in place, right? Like there's, there's repeatable science, metaphysical science happening within our practice of meditation, of energy work, of alchemy, of all of the psychic things. And just like humanity mm -hmm. hasn't caught up with it yet. I love that. I love that science is beginning to now really catch up. I mean, not even, yeah. I can't even say catch up, but you know, starting yeah. to explore these realms of the magic of what you can magic. do, how healing, how you can activate your DNA, you can activate abilities, you can heal yourself. And now there's actual science coming through to support that. There is. And I can't wait to see how science and spirituality continues to blend together and support each other because it is really one thing at the end of the day. Yeah. And you're doing, you're doing a part in that. You know, you have a huge part in that. And everybody who's on a spiritual path and is also intelligent and discerning and, you know, just a genuine good person, all of us have a, a part to play in this becoming more mainstream because a long time ago, you know, they were like witch burning, not even that long ago, but it's like, you know, if you weren't with the grain, then you were ostracized or you were condemned. Nowadays, there's a lot of people that hold positions in society that are having spiritual experiences. And because of that, it's pushing the needle further in evolution. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent of people that are successful in their careers coming forward with their spiritual experiences courageously, because that's what it's going to take for the whole world to wake up is enough people to say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. Like, this is what's happening in my experience. And it's worthy and you're worthy and you can have it too. And it's not just to get like supernatural powers, which you do get and they're awesome and it's amazing and life is way cooler after you got them. That's not the point. The point is that you're more in harmony with what it is to be you and you can have a more fulfilled human experience and a life that brings you fulfillment and that brings you levels of depth of appreciation and levels of love that you can't have when you're separate from the source, when you're separate from the humans around you, when you're separate from nature, coming into unity, even separate mm -hmm. in yourself, coming into unity with all of these aspects of your experience opens up levels to your consciousness and to your human experience that are waiting for you at all times. And they're just waiting for you to accept that you are perfectly beautiful and that you were made by God itself just to blossom like the flower you are. Mm. Wow. I just had to take a moment to receive that fully because you said it so well. Me too. I think it's only a matter of time because um, we are kind of those way showers that, and it's really up to us to really do that work of spreading the, the word, spreading this mission, just sharing our experience. I really see myself as like this little messenger, like, just, hi, this is what's possible. That's all. Like, that's really all it is. And like that exponential graph, you know, it's only a matter of time before we reach that point where it just starts shooting up. Yeah. Where we reach kind of like a mass 
quantity who are awakened and then boom, it just goes exponential. It's already on that same path, but I feel we're kind of reaching that tipping point here soon. And it's so exciting to, to just see more and more people receiving their own divinity, like discovering their own divinity. I love that. That's how you said it. Yeah. It's not about becoming. It really isn't. It's about just discovering who you really are, what you really are. Yeah. And not having limits on what you think that you are. The self-limiting beliefs are the only thing holding anyone back from the self-realization of God consciousness, you know, of Christ consciousness. Like we use these words and people get intimidated by the words or even they'll even get offended that you use them. Like, how could you think that you're God? You're so egoic. Your, your ego's crazy. It's like, you don't get it. No, 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 no. It's like, I'm not, I'm not God. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm in charge of everything. Like I'm God as in like, I'm made of God. I'm made of love. I'm made of the same thing that the trees and the sunlight is made of. And I'm going to express myself as love the way that God wanted me to express myself because that's how he made me or it made me. I don't want to genderize it, you know, whatever it is. Um, If I had to guess, God's probably a woman because she's patient. I'll tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) God is all, right? I mean, God God is is a woman. God is a man. God is, I don't know. (laughs) That's the beauty of That's the beauty of it all is it it, at the end of the day, it's it's a paradox not meant to be solved. It's a mystery not meant to be known. Yeah. And we don't have to use human words to figure it out. You know, like it's so beyond our human experience. Right. It's beyond for sure. It's beyond our language capacity. I mean, a lot of things I've experienced have just been I've not been able to put into words. To my satisfaction, really. I mean, I can do it. I'm a pretty good communicator, but to my full satisfaction, it's just it don't it doesn't quite hit <laughs> the mark. <laughs> well, I want you and to I, know that from a person who's seen your seen your work, you articulate it perfectly and wonderfully and with an inspiring tone of voice and also like the energy of the message behind it. Like everybody at home. Make sure you check out Ami on um, social media. It's uh, Ami Presence, A-M-I-P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E on Instagram. And then on YouTube, it's it's Ami Rose, A-M-I Rose. And all of the content that you've made, Ami, is exceptional. It is so high vibration. It is absolutely the frequency of love. And as a person on the path, I know that like we try to hold that space as often as possible. But when you're when you specifically, Ami, are doing a message, I know that you're holding a, such a high space of love in your heart, and you are bringing the energy. So I want you to know that of yourself as a person who is deeply on this path and and sees sees it all. You're there, and you articulate amazing. And the more that you articulate, the more that you're gonna wake up people that are that resonate with you. And you are such a bright light. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show just to have another person on the path who's so who can clearly articulate their experience and I just want to give you those props so you got it thank you so much i feel so gooey and happy good <laughs> to seen and um, felt and 
Yeah, it's like my privilege. It's just my honor to be serving that Christ consciousness energy, that heart-centered energy. So thank you so much. I'm just so happy, happy to be here and happy to be able to share what I can share. You know? Yeah, I'm so happy to receive you. And, uh, you know, it takes so much courage. That's what a lot of people may not realize. Those of us that put ourselves out there, we're putting our face out there, we're putting our personality out there for the world because we, we're, we want it to be a better world. Like we want people to have this, this knowing of themselves and we're doing it with courage. And I'll be the first person to admit is like, do I hold that high frequency that I project during like my meditations or during like the podcast at all times? No, but like pretty close. Like I'm trying all the time, <laughs> you know, like there's times where I slip for sure. And there's times where like the world gets the best of me for a moment. But my awareness is so keen now that when that moment occurs, I recognize that I just had a shift and the beautiful opportunity to shift back into love is what you get there, is you get that strength of building yourself back into love. And it happens in like a, a snap, a flash of your own awareness. But it's like, okay, so I'm in a state of stress. Why am I stressed? This is not even that important. And I love everything that's happening to me. I'm back to normal. It's like, this mechanism you create in yourself. And then when you are doing your meditations, when you are presenting, you know, your work and your findings, or just you're presenting yourself to the world, you reach another high of frequency, you reach another level of self. And that's what we're here for. I want to know the best version of you. I want to know the best version of me. And I want everyone listening to this to know the best version of yourself. Because nothing will delight you more. I promise. Mm, you said it. I want to know the best version of anyone I see. And I've almost been like born with rose colored glasses. So it was very fitting that my name was Rose Rosario, but I, I go by Rosie for my family. And my middle name is Amelie. So I, I went ahead and used that for the whole omnipresence, omnipresence. I love it. Persona. But I've you know, that rose colored glasses, like being born with that is just, it was such a gift now that I can see it that way because before it was possibly a hindrance in some ways, right? Blocking me from seeing the truth. But it's because I was born to see the highest in people and, and to help bring that out in someone is, is such an honor. And I just love seeing people shine their light, like their specific colors, their specific music, um, art, just sharing their content, their posts, their writing. It's like so fulfilling to me to see someone else shine. I almost have a hard time being the spotlight myself, but it's like we all get to be in that spotlight together. Like you're not yeah. taking anything from anybody by being your best self, your highest self. And if anything, you're actually shining so bright that you're shining onto other people as well. And so it's just this beautiful, symbiotic win-win for everyone. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, that's definitely like my highest goal is to see as many people around me at their best. Yeah, I'm so filled with love right now. Uh, just from that experience that you just laid out, the idea of there being enough light for everyone. As you shine bright, you shine bright 
by being you and you shine that light onto everyone else. And then there's enough light, enough illumination for everyone. I always say that people are living, breathing art. And it's our job to experience that art as much as we possibly can while that being is in front of us. I always like to think that it's an honor and a privilege to be in somebody else's experience. So I can give a person gratitude just for looking upon me. Like if someone looks at me and they see me, I exist in their experience and I'm honored to do so. And my existence within their experience will be an existence of light. It'll be the presence of love. And I'm honored to be a part of their experience. So like I try to dial it down to like the simple nature, the simple dance of life, just simply being gazed upon by anybody is an honor. And I'm going to live up to that honor in the way that I feel my highest self does, which is to exude this powerful pressure of love. You can feel it when I walk in the room. You can hear it when I talk. You can feel it in my heart. And I notice that people go into that state as well when I hold that vibration. And I know that you do too. And -hmm. it's one of the gifts that keeps on giving because by you having an open heart, it opens everybody's heart. And there's this like new communication that occurs. And then you yourself are fulfilled deeper because you understand that you were the catalyst for this new harmony. And that is like some of the fruit of life. Thank you. I just want to say thank you because, you know, you said how I speak eloquently and, you know, with emotion. And I want to say about you the same thing because you reached out to me a while ago and a bunch of people have reached out to me, um, by the way, to like do podcasts and and be a guest and stuff. But you're the one that I could not refuse because I'm pretty much an introvert over here. I just, I say yes to the things that I truly, truly resonate with only. I'm very selective. And when I saw you and specifically when I went and listened to your podcast and I heard it instantly in your voice, your level of heart openness, it was just like, okay, I can't say no to this guy. Like he is on it. Like he's just, the energy was so potent and beautiful and I resonated with that so much. So even though the timing wasn't exact at that moment, I knew that it was right. And I said yes to you right away. Right. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. So thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, I still struggle with like taking a compliment. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, That's I just, the feminine I, part, right? yeah, it's like, I don't know who or like, I don't know what I am yet. You know, I know what I'm trying to be and I don't always know how I'm received, but I am so honored deeply and deeply moved that you felt that way. And off of listening to the podcast and listening, listening to me. And I'm just so happy that, that you felt that way because I, I hope that everybody who listens to the show and checks out my work and any of my guests work, they feel the same exact way. And I, I know that they do because that's why they're here and that's why we're we're doing this work. And I, I just graciously, you know, thank you um, for your kind words toward me and my work. And I have to say that there's this beautiful quote that I kind of live by and it's, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough yet. 
Oof. That yeah. is a really good one. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to when I'm trying to like explain these high level spiritual concepts, I try to explain them simply because I do understand them well enough. And things that I don't understand, I level with it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know much about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm happy to learn. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be here amongst people that are having having all of these experiences. So enough of this gush and love fest. I love <laughs> it, though. It's so good. And it's, it's great energy. Um, what do you think is like one of the things that we could do as as individuals in our in our life that we could bring more of this light uh, into the world, you know, like just in our regular life. Ooh, I like that. Mm, bring more light. I think find your thing, you know, find your hobby or creative thing that you like to do, even if it's weird and even if it's like nerdy or whatever, find that thing that you like and practice it. Like for me, I, always loved music and I always loved just creating my own little melodies and and lyrics and poetry has been a big part of my expression and I was really shy with it and I really didn't have any kind of level of confidence in my musical talents my my voice my writing but I knew that I really loved it I just really loved it and I would do it privately and secretly at first and then eventually I started getting the courage to share that. And when I really got to share that was when I got this reaction from that I've never had before, right? Because if, you, if you're not willing to share your gift, then you're not able to spread that light. No one's ever going to know that you have this beautiful love inside of you, whatever it comes through as. And I remember the first time I sang for a group of women it was it was like during or right after the ayahuasca ceremony I did in 2020 and everyone was asked if they wanted to to share a song and I just improvised a song right on the spot and it was so clear and heartfelt and everyone was like melting and so grateful and I just melted in that moment with pure love and bliss of just being able to share my gift, whatever it is, even if it wasn't in tune and all of that, I just felt like it was very well received. And um, I hope that people can find something in their life that they love to do, even if that's just like a little craft or a hobby, sport, whatever it is, and just, you know, give yourself permission to spend more time doing that and not the things that you think you're supposed to be doing, if you can do that. And then if you really want to feel the love, then share it. (laughs) And then, you know, see how amazing it is to share that with other people. Yeah, I think you're you're really on to it right there, too. I think that that is absolutely paramount advice to people that want to shine their light is to find the thing that makes your heart sing find the thing that brings you out of you that makes you excited to do it and do it and become great at it because you learn so much more about yourself by the things that you create and becoming a creator is your divine purpose uh if you want to use like the religious text it's like you were created in the image of god 
Well, God is an intelligent creator, and you, in the image of God, are an intelligent creator. So be mm -hmm. the aspect of God that you are and create. Create music, create art, create your physical body, create the emotions within your experience. Everything that you decide to create is a worthy creation. Even the thoughts in your mind are your are creations. Make them worthy for your soul. Make your thoughts worthy of your soul because mm -hmm. your soul lives this beautiful beam of light that is just seeking places to shine. So don't darken your mind. Allow it to become a place where your soul can shine through. So it shines through your thoughts. It shines through your words and then carried in the tone of your voice, which is part of the song of the universe. It carries that energy into the hearts of everyone else. And you're literally changing the fabric of reality with the vibration of your creation. So I think that that's so inspiring, Ami. And I'm, I'm so glad that uh, that, was, that was your answer to the question. Now, let me, let me ask you, because uh, you brought up the, the plant medicine ceremony. Can you tell us about that? How was your plant medicine ceremony? I've had a couple people mm -hmm. on the show that have, have done the ceremony and some have described it as like harrowing severances that they felt better after. And some have explained like they met beings on the other side that gave them advice. So what was it like for you if, if you could Ooh. share that? Yeah, I would love to. So... I did ayahuasca ceremony in October, I believe, of 2020. It was during the pandemic. And that year was like my full-on shadow work year. Like I was 100% all in on shadow work. And so when I went into the ceremony, I had already been doing so much shadow work. And I just, I, I was called by ayahuasca. Like, I wasn't looking for it. It just came to me. So it felt very aligned for me to go to San Diego and do this beautiful ceremony with a group of women. And it's a very long story, but long story short, more or less, I got to experience absolute bliss. Um, first, it was the initial fear of what's this going to be? Am I going to go through a black hole and abyss or because, you know, I've, I had done some research and read from other people's experiences what it could be. And I was ready for what I was ready for, if you know what I mean. I was yeah. like, first, give me what I need. I didn't have a full on intention going into it. I just said, I'm ready for what I'm ready for. I'm ready to receive any clarity messages that I that I need at this moment and I just went into it like that and on the first night it was a two-night ceremony and on the first night there was an initial period of anxiety but as the as, as the medicine kicked in I started to lose touch with reality and so that kicked in the fear but I just talked myself into surrendering. And I said, I'm going to surrender now. I'm going to surrender now. I remember saying it over and over and saying, this is okay. I'm okay. And pretty much just accepting death was what it felt like. Like I'm okay with dying. And once kind of, I got through that part, it was just pure bliss for the next, I don't know how many hours it was incredible just beyond orgasmic waves of bliss and ecstasy and 
around me was a bunch of women. Um, I think seven, actually, I mean, not a bunch, but, and many of them were purging and going through a little bit more of it, I guess, difficult experience with the medicine. And I, for a moment, questioned myself, like, why am I not purging? Why am I not like throwing up and stuff? And why am I just getting to feel this bliss and not them? And the answer I received from Mother Ayahuasca was so beautiful. She said, you've done the work, honey. Like you, this is your reward. And I was crying in tears. I'm about to cry right now just hearing that. I was that. like, don't stop. Thank you so much because I really needed that. <laughs> oh my um, God. Because I had been doing so much and I hadn't really given myself the true recognition of um, how much work I'd already done in this lifetime. So that was just amazing. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Like that was a life-changing experience. And wow. yeah, and on the second night, I actually also didn't purge the second night. And I just, I felt that my purpose there was to hold space for all the other women. And I saw them go through a lot. And even the woman across from me was going through like a birth. Like I saw her pregnant and she's going through a birth. And I felt I was holding space, not only for her, but for everyone in that room. I just felt like I'm the space holder. Holy crap. Like I thought I was going to go through my own journey and it ended up being, I mean, I did have my own experiences with seeing visions of family members and um, making kind of amends with them and seeing deeper into why my relationship with them had been difficult or yeah, trying. But for the most part, I remember holding space that second night and knowing that I was there and we were all there collectively to shift basically the earth's frequency. It was that powerful. (laughs) When a group of women get together and do the medicine and do the work, it really, I saw visually how powerful that was, literally on shifting the earth to higher frequencies. So that's my experience in a nutshell. I actually have a YouTube video about that. That's about 20 or 30 minutes long. So if anyone wants to just know more, a little more detail on how that was, you can definitely check that out. Yeah. The links will be in the description uh, for anybody looking for Ami's work. And uh, that's just, it's so cool. (laughs) It's so cool to hear your testimony of that. I haven't done ayahuasca yet. I will. I'm going to. But I've done um, like psychedelic mushrooms and meditated on them and had some extremely profound experiences through that. But the ayahuasca thing is like, it's so fascinating to me because everybody's, everybody's experience is individual, but there is this commonality in like the the mother ayahuasca aspect of it where it's like this ma- deep maternal healing comforting energy no matter what it is like the purging if you are purging or whatnot there's still like this like you're being held in this extremely divine intelligence and that's so fascinating to me yes it's different than um psilocybin it's different than medicinal mushrooms for sure in that way that it's a more it's very much a feminine archetype you're interacting with and you get to embody that as much as you're willing to surrender and like feel that full there's like that mothering even grandmothering like deep rooted 
wisdom that you can connect with so beautifully. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's there for everyone, you know, like these tools that were put here naturally for our awakening and our evolution. It's crazy. Cause if you, I just had this like thought come into my head where it's like, you know, we've had the tools here to evolve the whole time. And it was like, all we have to do is like use the plants and the medicine, <laughs> go within ourselves and then shape the reality based on what we've created within ourselves. And if we did that as a society, this world would be crazy beautiful. It is already crazy beautiful, but you know what I mean? There would be less suffering. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, like the suffering has a very strong purpose because it, it really does offer us growth through it. Like there's a lot of needless suffering in this world and there's a lot of violence which stems from inner suffering and what you and i are doing is being people that want that to be different and that it's different within ourselves and we're committed to changing this world the thing about it is that we have so much love in us such a high capacity for love as individuals that it exceeds and transcends anything you could imagine. And like you said, when you were uh, in the ayahuasca experience, you could see the energy and you could see how it's shifting the frequency of the entire earth. It's real, guys. It's real. Like the energy that you have in your own aura is communicating with the energy of the whole and the entire whole. And quantum physicists are putting this together at the quantum level when they, they split molecules and they electrically charge one one side of the molecule and then the other molecule responds instantly even though the other molecule is like miles away at another lab like they're they're finding this in science they're catching up to it but in your heart in your mind you can know right now that the work that you do within yourself is worthy and it's changing the world and the first world it's changing is yours and that is the most important world to you because that's where you live and each of us are sharing worlds together and I want you to create a world that you feel worthy within and you're celebrated in. And if we all do that within ourselves, man, this world will take a whole new shape so fast. That's the work that we're here to do. And we're here to enjoy every part of it, even the hard parts. Ami, you have been so delightful and I'm just so much gratitude for you and support toward you and, and toward your work. If you had everyone in the world listening to you and you can give this world one piece of advice or one thing to help them out what would you say mm. <laughs> let me think about that one well the first thing that came to mind was if you can shift your energy if you can do the work for yourself if you're willing to do it for yourself the impact that you're going to have is so much greater than you will ever know i mean like it kind of ties into what you were just saying if one person raises their frequency to a heart-centered level fully in that fourth dimension it impacts a million people. Like literally, that is a statistic. So what I would say to you is don't think that you becoming better and higher frequency is not doing a massive amount of help for this world. Because I think a lot of us, I'm speaking to the light workers, I'm speaking to the healers right now, I'm speaking to the empaths. 
all of you out there who maybe don't feel like you're doing enough or you don't feel like you're doing your work or you're not fully in your purpose, I would ask you to shift your mind from what you're not doing enough of and shift to just you being here in physical form with the frequency that you came into this body with is already enough and it's already doing so much. So give yourself love and credit that you deserve and start from there because I don't think we give enough credit to ourselves often of how powerful we are simply for being here in this human form right now. So that's what I would say. (laughs) And I think that if everybody heard that, they would be inspired because I am. And all of you out there listening to this podcast, you are such a beautiful, limitless, priceless thing in this world. And none of those limits that you could place on yourself from society are real. None of the mental limitations are real. All that's real is that you are love and you were made perfectly by love. And if you could find your way back to that, you yourself can change this world. I want to thank you, Ami, for joining on Monk on the Mountain podcast. Make sure you guys check her out. Ami Presence on Instagram. Ami Rose on YouTube. Thank you again, Ami, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been beautiful. And I can't wait to be back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You are welcome anytime. And uh, I'm sure we'll get some really positive feedback from your insight. And thank you for sharing the love. And thank you to everyone at home for just being you. Because you're enough. I love you guys and girls. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. If you or anyone you know would like to share your spiritual experiences on our show, you can send us an email at themonkonthemountain at gmail.com. If you'd like to inquire about spiritual training sessions or see more of our work, you can visit oneworldpeace.online. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow Sean Energy at one underscore world underscore peace. Love and blessings.